0: The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is brought to you in part by BetQL. BetQL is your home for the info you need to make yourself a smarter better. Plus, the Super Bowl special they have gives you 50% off their premium data. Just go to BetQL.com, promo code SGP50. That's BetQL.com, promo code SGP50. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home for the avid sports better, providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks from cappers and bettors, including the crew from the SGPN. Better Than Vegas, it's like YouTube for sports betting. Check out all their free videos at betterthan.vegas. That's betterthan.vegas. We're also brought to you in part by Better Edge. Better Edge is a stock exchange for sports bets, allowing you to buy and sell betting positions like the stock market. The best part is it allows you to bet with no VIG. That's right, no VIG, and it's legal in 40 states. Sign up at BetterEdge.com, promo code SGP for a free $10 bet. That's B-E-T-T-O-R, Edge.com, promo code SGP. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Weeves. Yes, indeed. Ring the bell. We are back in on another edition of our little podcast and program. It is Big Fight Weekend. I am the somewhat capable, somewhat lucid host. He is the senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com, Marquise John's Week Sauce. How you feeling here as we head towards. A Super Bowl weekend in Tampa Bay where you and I are based. I know we love to talk the boxing, but how you feeling heading into Super Bowl 55 in our home area? Pretty
1: good, TJ. Surprised of the, some of the rulings they had for that game, by the way. The Bucks can't wear the home colors despite it being the home team. We're, we're also supposed to act like this team that is called the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that plays at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. Uh, you know, is not the home team, right? But whatever. Can't, Nonetheless, can't be
0: the are. home team. Can't fire the cannons. All these different things. Just win the game with Tom Brady if they are able to. We have a special guest with us and a connection, mm-hmm. by the way in that the last time and the only time the Bucs have been in the Super Bowl was 2003, 18 years ago, and they won it in San Diego, California, and that is where Gail Falconfall is uh, here with us. Gail is a, a boxing writer, uh, insight, uh, different perspective. I said to Marquise, we got to get Gail on. He said, when? I said, now. He found her. We put the bat signal Whoa. up. Gail, thank you for hopping on here on Big Fight Weekend.
2: We're making it bi-coastal tonight, gentlemen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and if if somebody's going to make sure that we behave, it better be somebody on the other coast. Yes. Uh, yeah. Because the, oh, middle no, of the country. Absolutely. Canhaves. I have no
2: interest in doing anything like that.
0: Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, let's begin uh, here with a little bit of Gail and your background, because you write uh, freelance boxing, and and we see you on social media. You should give her a follow, by the way. PR Pro San Diego on Twitter, we should mention. And by the way, if you have not subscribed to this podcast, what's wrong with you? Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whether you found us through a social media link. Our friends at sportsgamblingpodcast.com help promote us through their network of shows. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Search Big Fight Weekend and subscribe. Gail, though, writes up, on uh the uh com digital news website com so uh we love you. your passion comes through with what you write and what you do well, first of all how did you become such a big boxing fan give us a little background on you as we as we go into this podcast here
2: So I grew up in San Diego, right hard up against the Mexican border. And back in the day, we could see not only American television pre-streaming and pre-a lot of cable, but we were lucky enough to be able to see most of Mexican television. And my father was a massive boxing fan. So we watched a lot of fights out of Mexico, out of LA at the old Olympic, at the Forum, and grew up with it, loved the sport. Always wanted to be a sports writer in general, but that era was not real friendly to women entering the profession. If you wanted to write about figure skating or gymnastics, okay, and not that I have anything (laughs) against either, but it didn't happen. So I engaged on a broadcasting career, got through it, got over it. Open my own PR firm, fast forward, and then had an opportunity to start writing actually media criticism for the old Washington Times website, which became Communities Digital News. And through a wild twist of fate, the site needed someone to cover Pacquiao Marquez 3 at the last minute. And I said, (laughs) I'm five hours drive, switch the credential. And they said,
0: you? What? Right? And
2: I said, "Listen, A, you're desperate. B, I promise not to embarrass you." And they did it, and the guy who wrote the column before me never got a job back.
0: Wow. How <laughs> nice. about. That? Here we are. So we got so much uh, meat on the bone there that we can uh, that we can go about. So when you were growing up watching these fights, Marquise, I'm fascinated by this. I I hope I don't hog this, but you can ask questions as we go along. Who who stood out to you? Did you gravitate towards Ali in that era? Was it another fighter, Sugar Ray Leonard? And and obviously Thomas Hearns and Marvin Hagler and Roberto Duran all fought each other in the 80s, etc. But I'm speaking for you. Maybe it was a Mexican star, a Mexican-American star. Uh, Who did you gravitate towards growing up as a fight fan uh, and and becoming involved and interested in the sport?
2: You know, I watched all the great heavyweights of the 70s and 80s. Yeah, I'm old enough. I was always a George Foreman fan. Really? Always a Foreman Uh fan. Um, You know, to this this day, a Foreman fan. Obviously, a lot of the great (laughs) Mexican and Latino fighters. Duran was a big name in the household. Chavez, of course. Yes. a huge name in the household. Oscar De La Hoya was a big name, you know, uh, in that era. Of course. And I was also completely drawn in by the path and trajectory, personal story of Manny Pacquiao. I mean, that's just such a compelling story. And the reason I wanted to become a journalist in the first place, sports or otherwise, was to be a storyteller. I just can think of nothing more fun than digging in, to figure out what makes somebody tick and how they got to wherever it is they are and tell their story uh, for them to an audience and we all know athletes in general but boxers in particular always have a story to tell nobody successful in boxing comes from an affluent background they've always had a journey and that's what makes the sport intrinsically so interesting is the personal aspect Along with, you know, enjoying watching grown men smack each other.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The combat part of this, the voice of Gail Falkenthal with us. Uh, She says, just call me Gail. Gail is with us, hanging out here, talking some boxing on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Uh, Marquise, I know you've had opportunity to interact with Gail a bunch. This is my first time getting to talk with her. Uh, And and you said to me without hesitation, she's going to be great to get her on and talk fights. Talk more with Gail about all of this. Uh, Go ahead, Marquise.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, first things first, Gail. Uh, you, you you were there for uh, Pacquiao Marquez Fury. Uh, and if memory serves me we well, that's the great line, TJ, as we know with the broadcast from great Roy Jones Jr. He's not getting up, Jim. He's not uh, getting these, up,
0: Jim. He's not what these, <laughs> getting up, Jim. Yeah. What yeah. These,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, just stunning. I mean, I can What still kind of watch vantage it. point?
0: I was going to say, what kind of vantage point did you have on the Marquez uh, straight right, heard, heard round? Mexico, oh, Las crap. Vegas, the Philippines, and everywhere? <laughs> I
2: I was watching from behind Marquez deliver the punch as Pacquiao was coming forward. So I was looking essentially right over his shoulder and and I was not in the ringside seats. I was, you know, I was up with the people. But just just to watch it, just almost like a power drill, just, you know, drilling almost like something, drilling a tunnel into the earth. And just from, from a roar to silence you know like a like a door slammed and yeah we all thought he was dead we all thought he was dead
0: (laughs) he wasn't moving he wasn't moving
2: his wife was screaming Bob Arum was trying to keep Jinky from you know jumping into the ring and (laughs) and when the wife who's seen her husband fight like this for decades you know without batting an eye is that worried you're worried but obviously got up I will now still watch that years later, and kind of just <gasps> in the same way. Now, by the way, that was part. That was four. That was actually four. Which that three was the prior fight that was you know somewhat hotly disputed decision.
1: Yeah, we had
2: to do it again, and because they did it again, we got that. To me, it's still the most shocking knockout I've ever seen. I've seen some dandies, but nothing really quite like that ever since
0: well you mentioned george foreman who seemingly was losing every round of the fight to michael moore and then he landed the right hand that laid him out there are moments in boxing but certainly when you say marquez knocking out pacquiao if you're any kind of a fight fan from the last 30 40 years that one's got to be up there that's for sure so uh we we love this we love the insight uh marquise what else uh, here because I know you've been, you've been going back and forth with Gail. Uh, uh, in particular, uh, recently with, with his stuff, uh, it, we, we got to get into Canelo Alvarez, speaking of, of one of the great pound-for-pound fighters, Mexican heritage, et cetera. But Marquise, I don't want to steal that. We'll get into all of that coming up. Anything else here at the outset for Gail?
1: Absolutely, Gail. Uh, but mainly the one thing I always wondered is, uh, since you've been covering fights for a while and a long time at this point, I, I'm, everyone can talk about all the, the good fights you've been at what's the worst thing you've been sitting ringside at? Because I've been at a couple <laughs> of these fight cards too, even on you know, the lower level. Does or she even have the- a
0: list? Does she have oh, a list yeah, or gosh. is it just a short list? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Give me your list of stinkers, Gail.
2: That I was present for.
0: Yeah. So
2: I you. would right, say, oh uh, gosh, I was at a card at the vault, at the much, um, storied StubHub Arena in Southern California, now Mm -hmm. called the Dignity Dog Park or something like that. We all still call, everyone still calls it StubHub. StubHub! It's truly a magical place. There's just something about it that has generated some amazing fights over the years. So to see something bad there is exponentially bad. (laughs) And I was at a card, it was an early PVC card that started in the early afternoon. It was a little overcast. I think the card started at noon Pacific time. And the headliner was Robert Guerrero. And I can't for the life of me think who he was fighting. And the whole card top to bottom, just plain sucked. I mean, it was just bad. It was a rare occasion where it was a very thin audience. Normally that place is just, you know, overflowing, like, you know, stop drain and it was just painful it was just painful it was you know, like and I, uh, I, try not I would, I would
0: rather be anywhere else i would rather be you under know, interrogation by the authorities than having to sit yeah, here right well, it happens
2: you are sitting outdoors ringside there so if you're yeah. there on a warm summer day it can be brutally hot and that's no fun so you eventually sort of scurry up to where the photographer's nest is which is you know air-conditioned overhang and it's like I tell you doing can i bring you a cookie you know can i get in here and i never want to dump on guys in the ring yeah i've seen some bad fights actually some of the crazier ones i've seen are local club fights in southern california you know those are those are some better club yeah. club level fights friends i highly recommend you go to your local club fight there's just nothing like it so much fun and these are not high skill high level guys right so some of those fights are fairly poor right um but i i do not ever want to disrespect anybody who steps in there they do what many many other athletes and absolutely normal average human beings would never think of doing they train incredibly hard so i know behind every stinker fight like that you know somebody Who does a lot of things i would never deign to do personally so i have a hard time saying a fight really truly sucks it tends to be the high level guys who didn't prepare well who missed to me the biggest sin you miss weight that's your job most of the rest of us in america if you don't do your job you get fired
0: right the end (laughs) okay
2: so to me that's where the sin happens not necessarily in the ring you step on that scale and screw up a card because you came in five pounds overweight and you only weigh 135 to begin with, <laughs> you're on my bad side. You really are. It's unforgivable. And everybody knows who I'm talking about who knows yeah. me is, you know my number one target about that.
0: Interesting. Uh, Gail Falkenthal again hanging out with us here, uh, PR Pro. Uh, Gail, PR Pro San Diego on Twitter. Uh, okay, so perfect segue on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Uh, we we didn't have a lot to choose from last weekend, but Caleb Plant did win what could be be viewed as a stinker fight, uh, a one sided fight where he won every round on all three judges cards in a, in a victory over Caleb Truax, uh, a veteran who didn't have much left in the tank, and obviously Plant younger, faster, handled him. Uh, with ease all right so there's me speaking that let's go uh, around the room first Marquise Johns quickly your thoughts in the recap mode we previewed it last week Plant got the win we found out after the fight he hurt his left hand in the fight but that's me saying that tell me what you thought out of what you saw out of Plant's dominant win
1: Pretty much, TJ, uh, never never dominant went from Caleb Plant and what, as usually I, I talked to you a lot time about TJ on this podcast, what the IBF had to offer for him and Caleb Truax. Uh, it, 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 plants win defined, showed up for, for me guys, two things. One, these IBF mandatories still pound for pound are the worst things we can put in front of people's eyeballs on television. That's just the way it is. I mean, and two, uh, Caleb Plant, honestly, TJ, I was telling you last week how I thought he was going to get the stoppage win. And had he not broken his hand, I think he was on his way there because Caleb Truax had nothing to offer after about the sixth round. And uh final numbers on that fight as well, if you stayed to, to watch that fight past the sixth round, uh showed that as well. Uh I was interested actually because I want to put put it put, put, put back to you guys. Uh does he get Anthony Durrell next, who is uh, fighting in a couple of weeks on the on next Fox main event uh, sometime in the summer? Or do you think he wins his hand injury out and uh, takes on uh, Canelo whenever that is down the line?
0: All right, so more on that in a second. Gail, first, your thought on how dominant Plant was. You wrote about this um, on your on your site on comdiginews.com about Plant and his victory. What did you think here for the podcast audience?
2: You know, it's a tough call. Was it Plant? being dominant or Truax receding into the twilight of his career and maybe a little of both. Mm-hmm. Truex made a lot of noise before that, or, pardon me, Plant made, a, it, was the, it was the Caleb Bull folks. <laughs> yeah. Plant made a lot of noise about stopping Truax. He didn't do it. Right. He did give the excuse of the hand injury. Now, it dangerously walk the tight rope, rope towards whining. Um, and it's very possible that's it's entirely true. So if he does have an injured hand, I think he's going to sit out a little longer than anticipated. You know, he's probably going to need another few months. Uh, hand injuries are no joke. since yeah. You know, that's the tool of your trade. So does that put him into the fall? Is Is he going to win the Canelo sweepstakes. That's what everyone wants to know. That, that's where everybody's entered. All these guys anywhere in the neighborhood of 168 are buying that Canelo Alvarez lottery ticket and wondering you know, whose ticket's gonna pay off. Is it gonna be planned? You know, intrinsically from the entertainment value, no. But he's got a belt. And if it's Canelo's intention to unify, which apparently it is, that gets him one more step of the way.
0: Uh, And again, Marquise mentioned Anthony Durrell, who had the WBC belt at one point. uh, And then David Benavides had the belt. And then to Gail's point, uh, ate his way out of the belt and was overweight (laughs) and got stripped of the WBC belt. And then that's how Canelo was able to come around it in the Callum Smith fight, follow the bouncing WBC belt um, at 168. So again, they couldn't make the Caleb Plant fight back last December, and Canelo ends up fighting Callum Smith on DAZN. Now he's apparently done a two-fight deal with DeZone to fight Avni Yildirim, thank you, uh, from Turkey. I get the name right there on that. Uh, and it's not going to be much of a challenge, none of us believe. And more than likely, not much of a challenge with Billy Joe Saunders of, of England, the WBO champ. So then the question becomes, what Gail alluded to, Is Plant the guy maybe this fall? So let's put it this way. Marquise, is Plant better off waiting for that lottery ticket you guys are talking about? Or is he better off fighting a Durrell or fighting a Benavides for his own marketability, etc.? Marquise, you first, then Gail.
1: I'm going to be honest with you, TJ. I think Plant needs to fight a guy along the lines of a Benavides or a Durrell in just terms of competition, only because it's what the... The answer, TJ. I think pre-pandemic, twenty uh, 2020, one of the big fights we wanted to see. If, if you look at go back and look at everybody's list, was Plant Benavides. Granite Benavides lost the belt, so that part, that that whole that whole cachet part of it is still gone. But the guy is still there, and if he's in shape, I still want to see that fight some way, somehow. Uh, nothing against amphi Durrell. We all see it last saw Anthony Durrell get beaten down by uh, David Benavides last go round. That doesn't really intrigue me, TJ. That's just one of those things. What uh. I think that's a plan B in terms of Fox not having uh, any anybody of note on these main fight cards, which has been a very long string of these at this point, just as a fall safe. I really hope that Caleb Plant and Canelo just happens just because of it. Just be done with it. But at the end of the day, guys, I don't think anyone beats Canelo at, no matter what weight class if you're at 154 to 175. So it, it, I, this is the biggest name out there.
0: Gail, same question. Does Plant wait for the lottery ticket or is it is it smarter for him to up the ante, if you will, win a bigger fight, and maybe get an even bigger payday, or is it too big of a risk?
2: I think Plant needs to bet on himself and fight David Benavidez. I'd love to see Benavidez fed to Plant. May the best man win. And that guy is in a far better position to negotiate when he gets to that Canelo fight. And you win or lose fights in the mind before you ever step in the ring. One of those two guys needs to emerge from that fight thinking, I've got a, a shot at this. I believe it. Now, in my heart of hearts, I'd love to see it beat Canelo and David Benavides. I'm hearing great things out of his training camp in Big Bear. Some reports are very, very positive. I like the all Mexican, Mexican-American aspect of it. And it doesn't hurt Benavides at this point in his career. He's young. It's very much the way Canelo benefited from fighting Floyd Mayweather. It didn't hurt his career. It did nothing but help his career along the way in and out of the ring. And I see the same thing happening with Benavitas. The plant has to be the dance partner and go along with the plan. So we'll see what happens. That would be my preference. But you know... They don't ask me very often.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They they haven't asked us yet either, but we'll see. We'll see what the public dictates too, especially if these Canelo fights with Yildirim and Billy Joe Saunders are snooze fests, there may be more demand. And ironically, Caleb Plant nicknamed Sweet Hands. He had it on the trunks in hot pink. I don't know if Gail approved of that. Thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever that was. Neon, Oh, Men in Pink,
2: I'm all about it. it Every every time, all day, every day.
0: But the irony is he's nicknamed Sweet Hands and one of the Sweet Hands is hurt. For right now and that could further complicate things uh here at the moment we'll see uh what happens with that all right we've got much more on the way everybody stand by gail and marquis stand by we're going to pause we're going to talk about a couple different things we don't have a big time fight this weekend but we have the ability And we will to ask Gail if she could play matchmaker, wave the magic wand, give me a realistic 2021 fight. We're still early enough in the year. We'll see what she thinks about that. Some other interesting news, too, with some fight scheduling and some moving of fights. And where is Jamel Charlo's IBF 154-pound belt? He wants to know. The IBF ain't giving it to him. What's going on with that? We're going to talk about all of that as we rock along here on the podcast. But first, let's tell you about all the Super Bowl gambling that you can do, including with our sports gambling podcast network squares for the Super Bowl. The Sports Gambling Podcast Network giving away $500 in cash via Super Bowl Squares. It's easy to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash squares. Submit a screenshot of you leaving a review and get your square. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash squares. Of course, we've got a squares contest for the Super Bowl at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. We're also brought to you in part by BetQL. You want to get an advantage over the sportsbook when it comes to betting the Super Bowl on Sunday? You need to download BetQL, the only app that you need to make smart bets. They've got you covered for everything with data for over 80-plus Prop bets. The algorithms have simulated the Chiefs and the Broncos over 10,000 times to find the best prop bets for the big game coming up. BetQL has sharp data also on college basketball, the NBA, the NHL, but most of all for this weekend, the Super Bowl. So if you want the inside edge, see what the pros are doing, see who they're backing, you need to check out BetQL. And they have tons of sportsbook offers for you on the slates for this weekend. Go to the App Store, go to the Google Play Store, And make sure to use our promo code SGP50 and get 50% off your first subscription. That's right, 50% off promo code SGP50. That's betql.com and our promo code SGP50. We are also brought to you in part by BetterThan.Vegas It's an all new, completely free website sharing thousands of handicapping videos. It's like YouTube but it's for what the DGENs only care about. Of course, the DGENs only all part of the Sports Gambling Podcast, the network fleet of shows. The best part is you get to watch all the video picks from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network crew and what they're posting exclusively over on BetterThan.Vegas They cover all sports, the NFL, college football, college Basketball NBA will be here soon as well. If the free video picks aren't enough, they're giving away cash. $1,000 to the handicapper that wins the most units, and $1,000 to the handicapper that has the most followers. Make sure you subscribe on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network page, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash B-T-V. Better than Vegas, B-T-V, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash B-T-V, so you don't miss out on any of these videos. Head over to betterthan.vegas. That's betterthan.vegas to see more. We're also brought to you in part by Better Edge, the stock exchange for sports bets that allows you to buy and sell betting positions live like the stock market. And the best part is it allows you to bet with no vig since you're buying positions from other sports betters, and there is no house. You can play for money in 40 states and they're doing weekly college basketball contests right now. We're talking tons of hoops from here on out here on Three Dog Thursday. And on Wednesday and Saturday, pay 10 bucks to enter and each user starts with a balance of of $1,000 in Edge coins to wager on the games. The player with the highest earnings takes the entire pool of entry fees. It's like a battle royal winner take all. Find the link under the competitions tab to get in for just $10. Sign up today at BetterEdge.com. Use our promo code SGP. Get that free $10 bet as well. That's B-E-T-T-O-R-Edge.com. Promo code SGP. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, DJ Reeves. We are back in once again here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Follow us on the site, bigfightweekend.com. Follow us on social media at Big Fight Weekend. Follow him, Marquise Johns, our senior writer at Week Sauce Radio. Follow our guest, Gail Falkenthal. She is the PR pro in San Diego, so fittingly enough, at PR Pro San Diego on social media. She writes for uh, Com Digi News for Community Digital Writes boxing, a big time fight fantasy explained in the first segment going back, what, 30, 40 years. And I'm not making you out to be ancient because I'm around, I'm no. a contemporary. No, I I'm a seventies, eighties boxing person as well. Marquise looks at me cross-eyed sometimes when we start talking seventies and early eighties, he was not on the planet, but it's good to have you Gail, because we can go back to the seventies, by the way, Gail based in San Diego where Ken Norton broke Muhammad Ali's jaw uh, oh. back 1973 in San Diego, California in their first fight and upset Ali so, uh, yeah, there's and, some history. And I've got to San tell Diego. you a story about Please, that. Do okay. it. Go now. So
2: my father went to that fight. Really? And I begged him to take me. I begged him. He was absolutely not going to take a tiny little girl to a fight like that. I'm not gonna <laughs> happen, right? So. Back then we got to watch it on live worldwide, ABC, wide world of sports, sure. right? So I'm watching at home, know my dad's there a few miles down the road. And of course we all know what happened. And when he came home, you know, I wanted to know everything. Well, we found out later, there was a very tiny little regional community hospital in my neighborhood. I mean, literally walking distance and to avoid the crush of media, Ali was not taken to one of the major hospitals. He was taken to the little hospital in my neighborhood. I couldn't believe it. He was like really right down the street from me. You know, I was fangirling. I'm like,
0: not. I'm not trying to make strange. you to be ancient. How old are you at this point that Ali's in the neighborhood at, at the that hospital?
2: Age? Oh, I was less than ten. I'll put it. That wow,
0: way. but you still were was wide-eyed enough, and out. Knew, you knew <laughs> whom Ali was, and Ali is oh. in the neighborhood.
2: Oh, we, oh, trust me. We knew. Yeah, we very well knew. Yeah, (laughs) I've always laughed about that, you know, and I remember it like it was yesterday, March 1973. I really, I really do. You know, I don't, it's funny, I don't have a lot of childhood memories. (laughs) That's one of them. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, and interesting too, speaking of Southern California, we're playing your song that they fought their rematch at the forum, not long after that. And Ali beat him at the forum. They fought a third time going in the way back here at Yankee stadium. And Ali beat him again in the second rematch. Uh, the, you of know, the San Diego
2: always had a wonderful relationship with Ken Norton because of his career in the Marine Corps. And though he wasn't a San Diego native, you know, we really treated him like one and, uh, you know, any fighter who's a Marine. And there are quite a few, um, including the one I think made the biggest splash on the Caleb Bull undercard, Michael Coffey. Um, Mm -hmm. We take them to heart here in San Diego.
0: Love that. All right, we got to speed along here, uh, Marquise and Gail. So let's do it. Uh, First and foremost, interesting, the Canelo-Alvarez fight that we referenced in the first segment is scheduled February 27th, a Saturday night, Miami, Hard Rock Stadium, the home of the Dolphins. Uh, Canelo should handle Avni Yildirim in the main event for the unified 168-pound title WBC-WBA belts that are on the line. Set him on the collision course, if you call it that, with Billy Joe Saunders, et cetera, et cetera. Interesting that apparently top rank was looking to have the Josh Taylor-Jose Ramirez 140-pound unified title fight. On ESPN or at least ESPN Plus that same night, they've now apparently decided to move that fight off that date. Reactions from both of you, Marquise quick reaction, then Gail that they bowed to the Canelo uh, juggernaut, if you will, and his audience, etc., and they're going to move off of that date, apparently.
1: You know what's funny, TJ? One of the, in, in a weird Newsweek of boxing stories. The big one now was was I, I saw people were complaining about having two big fights on the same night, which I thought was some of the most ludicrous conversation TJ I've ever had in the history of boxing media covering it as a whole. Because there have been plenty of nights I've talked to you, TJ. Just, just in general, you know, covering two fights on the same night. What a concept! Right. I mean, who knew? But this was a big deal because of uh, what's at stake for Taylor at one forty and. I guess because of what's at stake for Canelo with Billy Joe Saunders. Uh, personally, I was all for it because I had the the, the backdoor theory teacher that people were going to, to slink over to this Canelo fight and I could have, got, could have snuck my way into this 140 undisputed bout over the bubble and I was all for this. But no, top rings would going to push this back to Ever somewhere in the same neighborhood or, or whenever they finalize the terms for it, more than likely, if I'd be surprised, they probably pushed back to freaking Memorial Day weekend, something along those Man, lines, maybe. Like, they, like they usually April, do. April, May,
0: something like that, they may move it back. Uh, Gail, yeah. just real quick, it's not that surprising because Canelo's the bigger draw and are you intrigued, real quick, by Taylor Ramirez? Quick thought.
2: Oh, I, I absolutely love that fight and I'm not surprised ESPN has a lot writing on Jose Ramirez, who shares a lot of audience, particularly on the West Coast, with Canelo, so wow. it, it was a smart marketing move for them.
0: All right, good on that i i teased before we paused jamel charlo took to social media earlier this week on hey i haven't gotten my ibf 154 pound title after his knockout of jason rosario back in september uh unifying belts at 154 uh he won the wba belt and the ibf belt allegedly What do we make? Gail, what do we make of this? Just real quick, quick comment from both of you. Is this much ado about nothing, but you got a fighter saying they're supposed to send me my customized belt. They haven't done it for like four or five months. And he's hinting that they're questioning the legitimacy of the knockout Gail real quick.
2: Well, my God, I hope, I hope it's not that. I mean, I ordered a whole bunch of stuff in the mail for Christmas and didn't get it (laughs) until weeks after I'm thinking, you know, it's probably about the same thing. I don't think fans realize when a guy, you know, Uh, lifts a belt over his shoulder. He doesn't keep it. A a custom belt is made for him to then keep and take home. And it, it, get shipped to your house in a box just like you know when i order dog food so <laughs> you know it's probably sitting in a postal I don't, service i don't think PBS you can get the
0: ibf belt on <laughs> chewy.com though you may be able to but i don't know <laughs> maybe, if maybe. That's... marquee so are we making too much out of this with jermell charlo is something up is the ibf considering that 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 knockout body shot of rosario is not legit and that's what's going on here quickly
1: I hope that's not the case with the IBF because, as you know, TJ, if you check BigFightWeekend.com, uh, my liver shiver of last year was that body shot of him on Rosario. They need to they need to smarten up and uh, Google it. But no, that I was fine. Maybe it's what Gail just said. They're probably just on back order, or no one worked over the holidays to make the belt. Maybe maybe a, maybe Charles is a different size that they're waiting on a piece to come in, like a car piece. Who knows? But he'll get it sooner or later.
0: All right. So that's some of the news of, uh, of the week. All right, Gail, I promised this. We've done this with a couple of others. Realistically, can be any fight you want, uh, any division you want. If you had a magic wand and only had one opportunity to make a fight for 2021, because we're so early, we're just in the first week in February, give me a fight and why, Gail?
2: Okay. So any fight, a realistic fight, a fight that can be made to happen and i've already seen a little bit of bubbles on the bottom of the pan so we hear that bob arum and oscar de la hoya and eric gomez uh had a little meet and greet and i may be thinking that uh some uh you know california green substances were uh ingested or shared or <laughs> passed are you am- are that- you
1: implying gail that they had some lettuce I think
2: they might have some less <laughs> than I, I. Don't grudge those Maine. gentlemen. It's a yeah. legal product in this state. And I'd love to think that they discussed an absolutely realistic matchup between Terrence Bud Crawford and Virgil Ortiz Jr. Bring it on. That's a great fight. Nobody knows they need. Yeah. Crawford can't find a dance partner. Ortiz Jr. has not been challenged to date in any of his 17 fights. He has laid waste to everybody. Dare to be great, bet on yourself, both of you guys. You could answer a lot of questions about where you stand. It's the veteran and the ambitious young guy. I think both of them would be all about it. It's not an exponentially expensive fight. These guys have done business before. I think it's completely makeable. And uh, uh, sign me up! I can't wait.
0: Again, Ortiz has won all 16 of his pro fights by knockout to start his career. Crawford has been looking for a suitable fight somehow, some way. Marquise, to you though, real quick. I mean, at last check, Crawford and and Bob Arum are not exchanging uh, holiday gifts. Or even having a meal or whatever. Are they going to work something out for him on Gale's realism meter here to be able to have a fight like that? What about it? Just real quick quick answer.
1: It would be interesting, TJ, if uh, Bob for uh, Valentine's Day uh, surprised Crawford with uh, chocolates and a uh, proposal of uh, Ortiz Crawford. I can see that possibly happening. And it makes a lot of sense because I really think TJ, at the end of the day, wants all the smoke clears all of all this. I think Crawford re-signs with Top Rank. Okay. So if he's going to stay with Top Rank, they got to find they got to find opponents for him. You're not going. Bob's not going to sit and argue with uh, you know DeSean Porter's and the Keith Furmans of the world over at PBC because we all seen how that's worked out for everybody. So I can see for Ortiz happening. It makes a lot of sense.
0: And Ortiz is going to fight Maurice Hooker, former 140 pound belt holder, uh, coming up in the interim. Before that, we'll see if that's a test at all or not. We got to go in a moment or two. Gail Falkenthal, again, promote away on where we read you, where we find you on social media, because you've done a great job here with us on the podcast.
2: Hi, thank you for the invitation. Love it. Enjoyed it tremendously my regular column is on communities digital news that's com c-o-m-m-digi-d-i-g-a news.com and hit me on social and it is PR Pro San Diego on all platforms
0: love gail falkenthal's insight Week sauce we had a lot of fun you follow him at weak sauce radio plug away for the site he's a senior writer bigfightweekend.com
1: Absolutely, TJ. Bigfightweekend.com. We'll keep you updated over the weekend if anything crazy happens fight-wise. Looking forward to seeing uh, actual sanctioned fights being made once they realize the the big game winner is out the way so we can get back to having some actual live boxing fights and also next weekend as well.
0: Yeah, there'll be some more interesting fights next weekend and in the coming couple, three weeks here of February and early March. Gail and Marquise, thank you. Reminder again, however you found the podcast, Social media links, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Subscribe away on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, to Big Fight Weekend. Go to the bigfightweekend.com website and read us up. For now, we're done. For Dale Falkenthal, for Marquise Johns, I am merely TJ Reeves. We'll come back next week with some more preview mode of some championship fights on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. Bye.